Alan Schimmel, Editor-in-Chief, DevOps.com, here for another DevOps chat. And I'm happy to be bringing, I, well, I think introducing to our audience a new company or a new company to the DevOps space, perhaps, that we, we haven't had a chance to speak to before. And that company is Panzera. And I'm happy to be joined on this episode by Rich Weber, Chief Product Officer at Panzera, and Barry Phillips, Chief Marketing Officer at Panzera. Gentlemen, welcome. Nice to be here. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Great to be here. Okay. And just so our audience knows, Rich, you, that was you first, and Barry, that was you second. Um, so, so, guys, I'm, I'm going to guess right now that our audience may not be familiar with Panzera. So can one of you give me the uh, uh, the elevator pitch or a quick background on Panzera, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's Barry. I'll, I'll 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 do that. So yeah, so Panzera, and it's it's interesting as I start this off. Most people may go, I'm not really sure why you're in this DevOps space. So so what we do is have a hybrid cloud storage solution. Uh, and, and really what that means is we put all of our customers' unstructured data in the cloud, and we happen to cache the data that they're using uh, on physical or virtual appliances that sit in the offices. Uh, and, and that happens to work really, really well for some specific use cases because of some unique technology that we have inside of our software itself. You know, one of those is for manufacturing, and it really makes CAD applications work really, really well across sites architectural apps, engineering apps, uh, and, and just like those use cases, we've had customers actually bring us into this use case, uh, into the DevOps use case, and really specifically being able to globally distribute uh, software builds and artifacts quite quickly. Uh, and so, so that's really, you know, the, the, the part of DevOps that we play, and it really kind of plays into the, you know, continuous development, uh, continuous delivery, continuous integration space. Uh, and essentially what happens is, uh, in the case of electronic arts, you know, we've uh, dramatically taken the time it takes to distribute globally, you know, 50 gig build files from, you know, 10 hours to, to essentially minutes. And we've got many different examples of customers like that. So it's always great to be brought into a specific space, you know, by a customer need, you know, that, that's taken, you know, a, a platform that you have and really using it for a specific use case. Absolutely. And Barry, of course, when we're talking about a, a time difference of 10 hours to a few minutes, I mean, that's that's the kind of, you know, eye-popping differentials that we, you know, we like to tell in the best of cases in DevOps, right? Where we're, we're putting those kinds of savings, those kinds of, of numbers in, in front of people. So so thanks, thanks for that background. Rich, if I can ask you, so... You know, obviously, there's use cases here for the DevOps audience, for the DevOps market, for in DevOps use patterns, as we say. As chief product officer, Rich, what what kind of you know? How did you steer a feature set? How do you you know plan your roadmap to you know for kind of further help the DevOps community with 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 this product slash service? Well, I mean, typically it's based on um, feedback from real customers that we have uh, doing workflows and things that run through there. And like, they, you know, so that, that eye-popping one that you were talking about is how do we reduce that time by so much 
um, you know, a lot of that came from working with uh, um, software developers, and one in particular is in the gaming industry. Industry, where imagine their builds are very large, right? They're 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 building into like Blu-ray ISO images and things, and enabled low-cost QA centers to test that. Now you can have anywhere from 20 gigabytes to 50 gigabyte resulting builds, and transferring those takes a long time, right? Suddenly you come to the point of, hey, I could probably get that data across the globe faster on FedEx than I can digitally over the line. Mm-hmm. Our product really helps do that um, by providing a global file system that's available in each site. And by virtue of copying to um, the Panzera device, it's automatically in the cloud, it's automatically deduplicated, compressed, and transported and available in near real time. Especially if I'm doing many hundreds of builds very quickly, um, the deltas between those builds are very short. So effectively, I can make those available for test, production, um, and immediate use through my build process. Excellent. And Barry, you and I spoke a little bit offline, and um, you know, I think I had asked you about. So, is this is this a product or service that is really only for big companies or for unicorns? You know, of the world. I mean, who who's a good candidate, especially from a DevOps point of view? For 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 Panzera, yeah, and I would even extend it. I would say beyond DevOps, right? So if you think of any company that does uh, any sort of global, you know, testing and development, uh, whether that's uh, you know pure DevOps, whether that's somebody who is you know in the process of putting DevOps in place, or or you know even somebody who's uh, you know who's basically not even there yet. Um, but when you think of just the ability to move these builds and artifacts quickly, that really increases the number of test cycles you can do on the software itself. Of course, that's better quality software. You know, typically gets market, gets software to market. You know, faster. It's all those typical things. But I think it it, it really encompasses anybody who is actually has seven test teams. You know, essentially around the world. Yep, and you know another kind of phenomenon that we're that I've observed, Barry, in, in talking to a lot of people, obviously, is this idea of a multi-cloud. So I, let me back up. You, know, When we first saw the whole sort of cloud revolution, if you will, I, and, you know, I, th- I think the everyone agreed that hybrid, hybrid cloud was the way to go. No one was moving 100% of their infrastructure to AWS or Azure public cloud platform, but there was a hybrid where some of it might be public, some of it might be in a private cloud in a data center, some of it may be on-prem, right? But it was that hybrid situation. Now we're seeing multi-cloud, right? And I think it's a different animal. Barry, Rich, what do you think? Uh, I think multi-cloud is, is good in particular for DR purposes. Um, but you know, going, going to that that hybrid concept that, that you were speaking of before, and how do companies really bridge the hey, I'm I'm working inside of my four walls or inside of my data center, and how do I take advantage of that cloud space? That's where Panzero really helps companies bridge that gap. So in in particular, if if I am working within my own data centers and my own sites, and I've got multiple sites, that example that I gave you before, not only was the time reduced from many hours of days down to minutes, but in terms of that footprint, that went down to one, from one and a half petabytes to 45 terabytes by utilizing the cloud because I had one central location of the data and I didn't have to store and move and transfer many replicas. So 
So that cloud gives you the ability to aggregate and make that data available quicker. Multi-cloud, I think, gives you an opportunity to then further do a disaster recovery, even redundant across clouds, so not only from sites, but from cloud to cloud. But I think that first step is really getting that data and aggregating it in the cloud itself. And Panzura really gets companies um, the, the advantage on how to move there and take advantage of that, and even burst inside of computing, not in, in beyond uh, data as well. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's exactly where I see with multi-cloud. Once I've been able to move that data to the cloud, whether I have some of my infrastructure on, on Windows, let's say, in Azure, and some other stuff on CentOS in, in AWS, and maybe something on OpenStack at Rackspace or somewhere, doesn't make a difference because my data is is rather, you know, my data is multi-homed anyway, or not multi-homed, that's not the word I'm looking for. Panzera takes care of the data, I don't have to worry yeah. about that. Is, is that... Yeah, you- is that you the gist it. of it? Yeah, I mean, in fact, uh, uh, we've got customers who I would say um, maybe didn't start out as being cloud-forward customers or, or cloud-savvy, but Panzera might be that simple, right? If, if all I have to do is make a mount and my workflow stays exactly the same as it is today, and you don't have to worry about where that replication goes, what data center it's getting used, Panzera makes that part simple. All i got to do is mount it regardless of where I'm at. It's the beauty of having a global namespace and a global file system. And maybe to further add on top of that, Alan, is, and, you know, Rich, Rich mentioned workflow. And, and as you think of, you know, companies who, who essentially go from, you know, waterfall to agile and then get into, you know, really this DevOps model, you know, we can sit underneath there and, and it stays the same for them because we are just, we look like, like a regular storage mount for them. So everything will remain the same as they move down this process into DevOps. Great. So let me get a little geeky on us. Rich, can you kind of describe what the, the Panzera stack, if you will, looks like? I, I know you referenced a Panzera device earlier. What, what uh-huh. exactly? Give us a little, our audience, a little bit more detail on that. Yeah, so, so I'll try and keep it simple, but, but on the, the front end, it, it looks just like a file server, you know, whether it be like a NetApp or even a Windows file server on the front end. Um, so it integrates with AD or other authentication methods, and, and you just mount it. Right. So on the front end, you've got either uh, an SMB SIS front end or an NFS front end. You mount that drive and you store your, your data there. As data comes to us, it runs through our stack, and our stack begins with deduplicating. And that deduplication, what's unique about Panzer is it's not just for the data at that place, it's for the entire footprint, for all data written everywhere, because that deduplication information is part of the metadata that's shared globally. Then it gets, um, uh, after it gets deduplicated, it gets compressed, then it gets encrypted, um, and none of the customer keys or security access stuff exists in the cloud. So none of our customers actually even have to trust the cloud provider themselves because no data sits in there in clear text. And then it all gets compressed, packaged up, and put in the cloud, and that's done at the block level from a deduplication standpoint. So as it runs through our stack, we integrate WAN optimization as well. So moving that data becomes very fast um, and simple. And on the other end, everything works in reverse. And the customer doesn't have to manage all of that. All of that happens automatically. Again, all they see is a, a drive mount and access the data in exactly the same way they would from their filer today. Has anyone ever used the term data storage as a service or data storage and access as a service? Yeah, absolutely. Would that be I mean, fair? Yeah, I think, you know, especially as you move into that, that cloud paradigm, right? You've got platform mm-hmm. as a service, storage as a service, software as a service, and this is where, like I said, Panzura 
makes the adaptability of that service very simple, right? That storage and object storage in the, in the cloud, without you having to write specific apps to do that, Pinsir allows you to adapt those type of um, either storage as a service or platform as a service integrated in, into your existing data center or workflow. Okay. And guys, if I can ask you, can you give our audience a sense of, of how this is priced or sold or offered or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, we, uh, we essentially um, sell controllers, and those controllers are what sits uh, in somebody's office, and that can be either a virtual machine or it can be a physical controller, and uh, the more capacity those controllers have on them, uh, you know, the more expensive they are. Um, the other thing we do is we do have controllers that run inside the cloud. Uh, and so, um, and they would run inside of um, Amazon right now, and we do have um, just a preview that's running inside uh, Azure. Uh, and the whole idea there is now not only does every single uh, office see the same file system, um, you know, across every office, but also that cloud does. So if you happen to have some sort of application or service running in the cloud, um, let's say it's platform as a service, and you're looking to be able to access file data that may be on-premise, you know, right now it, it, what, what we provide there is the same exact file data everywhere. So in all those cases, somebody would purchase a controller from Panzera, and that would be either a physical controller on-site, a virtual machine that they would uh, put on top of their own hardware, or it would be a Panzera controller running inside the cloud itself. Yeah, I mean, it depends upon what your needs are. I mean, in, in our, our hardware system, think of this as a lightning-fast flash filer that sits inside of here where our algorithms concentrate on that cache for very fast local performance um, usage. But software-only deliverable inside of a VM for flexibility of the customers, or like, or like uh, Barry said, an in-cloud um, solution. If I want to burst into the compute and have my data there, the pins that are controlled in there um, will help them do that. And again, global file system, and they all work in concert together. Got it. Um, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, as part of, you know, maybe your, your market research, customer feedback, what have you, what has the feedback been from, you know, people from DevOps teams, let's say, I don't want to use the term DevOps engineers. It gets people up in arms. But, you know, from teams that are, are using DevOps within some of your customers, have you gotten any feedback from them on this? And, and, you know, and is it different than your customers at large? Um, I, you know, I think the interesting feedback that comes through is, 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 um, is probably twofold, right? There, there's two things that you hear. Most of the concentration really comes in productivity, right? It's about that speed. How do I make things faster? How do I get builds done quicker and get product to market faster? And, and we give some examples of that. And, I, I, and I'm not kidding. I've been into customers before, and they say, you know, hey, can you beat FedEx bandwidth? And it just blows me away. You think it was the 90s or something again. <laughs> so when you're dealing with big files, that helps. And, and it's not only about delivery of the, the final executable, but also about doing builds in remote, remote locations. If I've got remote mounts on those build artifacts or dependencies, people hit builds for private builds in a remote site and wait till the next day. With us, they hit a build and they, they enjoy the same performance that they do at the, the headquarters or, or where the files reside. The second portion is, of course, the economic side, right? How do I save money? And I think that most of the feedback comes in is they, they, they pick us up for a productivity gain, get products back to, um, to market faster, and then they find out with having, without having to do replicas and manage 
multiple silos of data, they end up saving a ton of money. And it's an example I gave you, right? One and a half petabytes of replicas down to 45 terabytes. That's a huge storage savings. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and bear in mind, I'm the marketing guy here. Um, I mean, the thing that I've heard is, is when you think of these distributed teams who are all working in a DevOps environment, it really makes them seem like they're really in, in one office, right? Because it makes that speed seem just as fast over a wide area network across the world as essentially on a local area network in one office. Sure. And Barry, you're being facetious when you say you're just the marketing guy. I happen to know you have two degrees in computer science. So let's not let's not uh, let's not hide behind the marketing title too much. Anyway, gentlemen, we're we're actually we're past our time already. We always go past our time and I apologize. But I, I need to ask one last question, which is the question we usually end our DevOps chats with. Though there's two of you, I'm gonna ask you just to recommend one book to our audience that uh, they really should read as soon as they can, or at least put it on their list and and get to it when they can. What book would that be? Yeah, it's very, yeah, I, I really enjoyed reading the big switch from, from Nicholas Carr. Uh, and it really was, it was interesting because it, and it, I think it applies to, to DevOps and especially with DevOps in the cloud. I think someone wrote, it's kind of the whole chocolate and peanut butter, uh, you know, together as a chocolate peanut butter cup. And just really gave examples of what happened uh, when uh, when power used to be generated from uh, you know from water wheels and how that moved to the grid and really making that comparison of how things are moving to the internet. So I thought it was a, a you know a great book and I'd recommend it for anybody. Great, Rich, you're second that one. Absolutely. <laughs> great. Well, Rich Weber, Barry Phillips, Panzera of Panzera. Thank you for joining us on this episode of DevOps Chat. We welcome you to the DevOps.com community, and we hope to see and hear more from you in the near future. Um, continued success, and we'll see you both soon. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Alan. All right. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com and DevOps Chats. Uh, thank you, and we'll see you again at our next DevOps Chat. <laughs>